and a very warm welcome back this time. This is episode two of season one of the Health and Safety Digest, a special podcast by Astutis. And I'm your host, uh, the digital content writer at Astutis, Toby Howell. And as I said last time, and as I will in the future, I am your guide into this voyage of health, safety and environmental training. If you tuned in to episode one, you'll know that season one of this podcast is tailored essentially to dissect the NIBOSH Diploma, or now known as the NIBOSH Diploma for Occupational Health and Safety Management Professionals. Uh, in episode one, we answered a few questions, and in this episode, we will continue along that trend. The episode will focus on a series of questions, including the difficulty of the diploma, the entry requirements, and whether it expires. And as ever, we would love even more of your questions, and we'll get into that at the end of the show. But let's not wait any longer. Let's let's talk to Brennan, ask him directly, how difficult is the NIBOSH diploma? Well, it, it's it's pitched at almost degree level. Um, you know, the hours are less than you would spend on a three-year degree program, obviously. But the pitch is very much at uh, at honors degree level. Um, I sat my NIBOSH diploma back in in, in the uh, early nineteen nineties, and as all of us uh, more experienced folk like to say, you know, it was so much harder back in in my day. Always was. Um, there were five modules back in back back in my day. Um, anyway, I, I won't I won't uh, go too far back and go over that. But from from my personal experience, um, somebody who you know did A levels did a first degree, um, has done two master's degrees uh, over my career as well. I would say the NIBOSH diploma was the sternest assessment challenge that I've faced in my career. When I sat my diploma, you know, like I said, so much harder back in those days, uh, we did have four modules with four separate exams and a case study. Uh, and like I said, the two things that, that got me really were, one, uh, just underestimating the sheer volume of material that I needed to cover um, in the time available. Uh, and I certainly underestimated that. And the other thing at the time um, was, you know, they were three-hour exams, um, handwritten exams, and uh, I would really be struggling at the end of you know, writing um, a three-hour exam. Uh, handwriting goes to pieces after about an hour. So the, the change of assessment methodologies obviously takes away that second consideration. Um, and the fact that it's an open book exam you know, means that... Uh, Having to cram uh, information into your short-term memory to retain it for exam purposes uh, isn't a consideration really anymore. Uh, I think it's you know, much more important that learners spend uh, their time thinking about the content and, and, and relating it to their own experiences, to their own organisations and joining it up, because that's very much the way the new assessment methodologies will work. You know, they'll be uh, given real uh, world challenges to, to, to consider in the light of their own organisations or uh, simulation type uh, tasks and scenarios, um, again, to, to test their ability to apply the knowledge rather than just to recall facts and figures. On, on, on off the, the, the challenge of it, can we speak now briefly about the entry requirements? Because obviously, you know, we get quite a lot of questions regarding 
what is required, what, what do I need, what, you know, all of these kinds of uh, queries. Could we hit the nail on the head here finally and say, what are the entry requirements for the new Bosch deployment? Yeah, again, there's no absolute prerequisites that would totally exclude you from being able to study. Um, as we mentioned earlier, there is an assumption that you've got um, a good base level knowledge at NEBOSH General Certificate or equivalent level, and we won't be revisiting that content. The assumption is that you, you've you got that in the bank already. The other um, consideration, uh, particularly with you know, international learners where English isn't the first language, is that uh, those learners need a good level of written English, which can be you know, more challenging than, uh, than spoken English. So uh, NEBOSH recommend IELTS level seven or above in terms of the ability to cope with written English. But that would, you know, in essence, be it. I think it's, it's um, certainly useful for learners to have had some experience of studying at a, at a higher level beforehand and to have some idea of their own learning preferences and their own approaches to learning but there's nothing you know there that would the lack of which would exclude anybody from from being able to enter the program but i think it's important that the learners recognize the pitches on as degree level does require the ability to handle significant volumes of information and to be able to process it and to be able to theorise and to be able to relate theory to practice and so on. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of thinking needs to be done. Well, this is what I was going to br- briefly touch on there. Surely it's probably obvious, but there has to be a certain uh, motivation and willingness to really go out there and learn, depending obviously on your learning method. You know, if you if we're if we're talking distance or, or online, that's more with the learner. Mm-hmm. There has to be a certain sense, a certain real willingness and motivation to go out and learn if you want to do this kind of qualification. Yeah, definitely. I think motivation is um, is critical. You know, I think uh, we, we we obviously pay a lot of attention to um, learning preferences and to the ways that we present our um, learning materials, whether it's in the classroom or through a virtual delivery or through you know the design of our online course materials which are designed for independent self-study um, the reality of life is you know everyone can can learn if they're motivated enough to learn um, we can work on things like you know understanding what works best for you and advice on you know, research methodologies and other bits and pieces that you need to uh, address throughout the program um, but you can't get away from the fact that it is a big course, um, even though it's been reduced. Uh, there are lots of very, very different sort of um, aspects of content across a range of subjects. I mentioned earlier, you know, engineering subjects, um, psychology at an individual and organisational level, um, a lot of management theory. You know, we manage health and safety using the same tools we use. To manage um, everything else in business, uh, basically. So you've got all of these different um, subject areas that all come together um, in health and safety management, and the learners you've got to be prepared to put in the effort to join all of that up and make sense of it. Uh, 
not just in a way that's going to help them to pass the assessment and get their qualification, obviously, that's important. Um, but this is you know, a significant career. This is a career that's designed to keep people, real people, healthy and safe in the workplace. And if you're not willing to um, commit to a high level of study and, and your ongoing maintenance of your professional standards, then there's a very real danger that if you get it wrong, real people will suffer the consequences. So yeah, I think motivation is, uh, is, 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 is critical. I think that's probably the, um, the main thing um, that I would want from one of our learners. You know, if, if, a, if a learner is motivated, motivated enough, um, has that ambition to succeed and obtain the qualification and, and get on this career path and to take personal responsibility you know for their own effort and their own learning then we can usually find ways of working with them and supporting them to success Brennig again thank you ever so much for that we'll be leaving it there for today on this episode of the health and safety digest but worry not episode three will be dropping very shortly on all platforms. We're talking Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now YouTube, uh, where you can access the subtitles. And remember, if you'd like more information regarding the Niebosch Diploma, check out our website, www.astutis.com, and it's got loads of fascinating information regarding the different learning methods, cost, uh, and, and the duration of the course itself. But also, if you want some more in-depth visual content check out our youtube channel uh, and it's got a bunch a wide range of really fascinating videos there regarding all sorts of qualifications don't forget to follow all of our social platforms twitter facebook and linkedin for fascinating insight announcements and other cool surprises regarding the Niebosch diploma among other fascinating qualifications and if you want your questions answered on this podcast in future episodes please do email me toby.howell at astutis.com that's toby.howell at astutis.com and I will get your queries answered by the people who make the course themselves so until episode three thank you very much for listening remember to stay safe and we'll speak to you very soon thank you mm-hmm.